All right, good morning, church. Everybody wide awake this morning. My name is Stephen Pollitt. I'm the associate pastor here at Gateway, and it's a joy uh, to be with you all this morning. Uh, before we get started, I just want to say a huge thank you to, to Aaron and his team. And I, I could uh, have them lead me in worship the rest of the morning and be just fine. Like, that was incredible. Um, but I have the opportunity to preach this morning because uh, you saw Blake this morning, but he's about to go um, to Waterbrook Church across town. And their pastor, uh, Jeff Denton, passed away uh, last weekend. We had his uh, memorial service here uh, yesterday. And so Blake's going to be um, filling in the pulpit there. Jeff had asked him to, to do that. I think it says a lot about our pastor, and, and, and um, I'm really thankful that they get to hear from him um, this morning. But So be praying for them. Be praying for that church. Um, also be praying for First Baptist Allen, who a few weeks ago, they lost their pastor as well. And so we have two churches in our community who are experiencing a lot of grief and a lot of loss. So if you can join me in praying um, for them. And, uh, and, and so I, I'm thankful uh, for those two churches and the impact that they have in our community and, and um, the, the legacies of those pastors and, and uh, what God has done uh, through them. Um, but with that being said, if y'all can join me in prayer as we get ready to go into God's word. Uh, Lord, I just thank you so much uh, for this day. I thank you so much for the opportunity we have to worship you. Lord, as we depend on you, um, Lord, give us wisdom uh, to pursue you, uh, to put everything that we have and, and put it on your shoulders and take it off of ours. Lord, I pray for this next 30 minutes as we have to dive into your word and your truth. Lord, I just pray um, that we make you uh, Lord of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, I'm extremely thankful that I have the opportunity um, to preach this morning. We're kicking off a new series, and that series is called um, As You Go. And so we're going to be in Matthew 10, uh, verses 5 through 10 this morning. And I'm extremely um, passionate about this section of Scripture because I've been meditating and praying over this section of Scripture for about a year now. Um, several months ago, um, I'd been really thinking about what direction we need to go as a church when it comes to our um, heart for evangelism. Um, and I've really been praying over our church of what does that look like. And if, if anybody um, knows me, you can know, like, my, my heart for evangelism um, has been a part of me from the very beginning of my ministry. The first church that I ever served at, um, I served in the evangelism department. And, and the tool that we used was evangelism explosion. Some of you in this room never even heard of that. It's a really old um, tool. Um, some of you have been around over the past few years and know that we've used another tool called Three Circles. And, and there's been several different um, opportunities and tools that we present to the church in order um, to give us the, the wisdom and knowledge and the heart uh, to be able to share our faith uh, effectively. Um, but the thing that I've been praying about over this past year is my heart for evangelism. So over 20 years, I've been equipped to be able to share my faith. I've been equipped with different tools and resources to, to say, like, okay, I, I feel confident enough to be able to talk to somebody about who um, Jesus Christ is. And so over 20 years, I've taken these tools, and I've presented them, and I've led classes, and I've done all these different things. Um, but the thing that I feel like I've, I've failed at more than anything is expressing our heart for evangelism, our passion uh, for needing to share the gospel. And the reason why I've been praying over this section of scripture and these verses for a year um, is because I, I, I want the Lord to capture my heart. And I feel like this section of scripture, it takes us back to the, the root of ministry. 
And so for us as a church, the foundation of Gateway um, has been set over 23 years of, of ministry. You know, Blake's um, shared uh, some of his heart uh, about our church with me, uh, and I wanted to share some of what he told me. And, you know, in 2017, uh, we built the, uh, the, the two-story building where we have our children's ministry uh, and our student ministry. And when we built this building, it had some foundation issues. So we wanted to make sure that that building didn't have uh, the foundation issues that this building had. So they dug down 13 feet um, down into the ground. They got rid of all the bad soil, um, and then they put in a ton of piers. And so they put in all these piers, and then they got good dirt, and layer by layer they packed it in to make sure the soil was ready for the foundation um, that was set in order to be able to, to hold this two-story building. You know, one of the things that really stood out that Blake told me is that, you know, our, our foundation is something um, that is extremely important, uh, but it's something that we will constantly work on because we're constantly working on our relationship with Christ. You know, our, our church's foundation is set, and there's some statistics about the growth that we're going to have in our community. And so over the next 10 years, according to Wiley ISD, um, we'll have 3,100 new students into the, the school district. Um, our... Um, sweet spot as a church. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been growing. Um, the demographic where we grow the most is young families. When I hear that 3,100 uh, new students are going to be coming into the school district over the next uh, 10 years, uh, that represents young families. That's the opportunity to be able to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, and that as we go, we talk about who he is and what he's done for us. So again, this sermon series being called as you go is something that I'm extremely passionate about. So today, we're not gonna be talking about different tools, we're not gonna be talking about um, different ways that we can share our faith, but instead we're gonna talk about our heart and the heart that God has equipped us with in order to carry out the ministry that he would have for us. So again, church, Gateway's foundation is set and we'll continue to work on our relationship with Jesus. But we are primed for an opportunity in our community that as we go out into our neighborhoods, as we go and we are neighbors, as we go and we are coworkers, as we go and we are friends, we're going to pray for opportunities and our hearts are going to be prepared to be able to share the good news of who Jesus Christ is. So again, over this past year, as I have, have meditated over this section of scripture, I've thought about opportunities that I've had uh, to be able to share my faith uh, because I'm, I'm the baseball coach of my boys' baseball team and Carly's softball team. I think about the opportunities that I've had uh, to pray over different waiters and waitresses uh, that, that serve me in this community, opportunities that I've had to be able to be a good neighbor. And I've missed more opportunities than I've stepped into. But this community is desperate for a people that love Jesus Christ so much that they can't help but to tell people about who he is. So one of the verses in the scripture, verse 7, it talks about, as you go, proclaim the kingdom of God is near. To me, that sums up the heart of evangelism, the, the, the um, passion that we are called to have to be able to share our faith. So as we go, whatever it is, as we go and we're a friend, as we go and we're a neighbor, as we go and we are a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, as we go, we proclaim the kingdom of God is near. 
So as we go, we're going to look at three things. We're going to look through this scripture verse by verse. And so we're going to, to proclaim the good news of Christ. We're going to meet physical needs with a demonstration of spiritual power. And we're going to depend fully on God. So let's read this scripture together. Again, Matthew 10, verses 5 through 10. These 12 Jesus sent out with following instruction. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter a town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those that have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or staff. For the worker is worth his keep. And so what we see in this section in Matthew is our mission to proclaim the good news of Christ. So in Matthew 10, it's the proclamation of a king. So the earlier chapters in Matthew, uh, they're broken up in segments of Jesus' life. And I think it's really important to look at that real quickly before we, we tear apart this section of Scripture. So in chapters 1 through 4, it's the presentation of a king. That God came as a baby to one day die for our sins. It's the presentation of the Messiah. Chapters 5 through 7 is the preaching of a king. We get to hear Jesus and the words of him on the, the Sermon on the Mount. And we get to apply the things that we learned to him to our life. Chapters 8 and 9 are the demonstration of power of our king. We get to see him do miracles over and over again. And then now in Matthew 10, it's the, uh, the proclamation of a king. And I love that we get to see our part in proclaiming the king and Christ crucified. So in verse 5, it says, These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. So you see, we get to see the mission of the apostles and how ministry is really done. And as a pastor, verse 5 is extremely convicting because it says Jesus sent out with the following instructions. He sent them out. And that's what we we're called to do. We we're called to be sent out. We're all called to be missionaries. And again, this is extremely convicting stuff. And so um, I've felt really bad uh, for a year as I've been reading over this text and praying over it. And, I'm, and now we get to feel bad together for this next like 30 minutes. So um, it's what the, the gospel does every now and then. It says, they go to the Jew, Jews first because their mission, the apostles' mission, our spiritual fathers, was the, the fulfillment and the promises and the purpose of God. And then it was sent out to the rest of the Greeks. But evangelism was their first mission. So we can't be distracted by the secondary. We have to understand what our mission is, and our mission is to be sent out. And again, Jesus sent them out first to the Jew for the fulfillment of the promises and the love of God. And then it made its way to the Gentiles and to the Greek. So church, in order to be sent out, we have to understand that we can't keep our faith captive. We can't keep it to ourselves. We can't limit our faith to just Sunday morning coming to church or buying a Hobby Lobby uh, plaque and hanging up uh, in, in our, our homes with a Bible verse on it. Our faith can't just be held captive to a few things that we are called to be on mission. 
So there's, there's a few things that y'all might not know about me. Number one is I love to read. I, I'm a reader. Um, I make a plan throughout the year and, and choose the books that I want to read. I love stories. I love telling stories. Um, but something else about me is I love art. Um, I'm really, really passionate about art. Um, I don't get to go to as many art museums as I used to now that I have three uh, young kids. Um, but I love going to art museums. And the reason why I love art so much uh, is because each piece of art, it tells a story. And like I said, it, I, I, I love stories. Now, in the Dallas Museum of Art, um, there's a very uh, famous painting called Icebergs by Fre- uh, Frederick Edwin Church. And there's a picture of, of uh, this painting. And this painting, when you walk into the Dallas Museum of Art, raise your hand if you've ever been there and seen this. All right, so good. Some of y'all are familiar. It is massive. It takes up an entire wall. Um, and where it's set up in the Dallas Museum of Art, where it used to be set up, um, is, there a, is there's a bench in front of it. And you can just sit and take in this amazing painting. And some of the things that really stood out to me um, is just the colors in the corner. You can see a shipwreck uh, that's down at the bottom of this uh, painting. And it caused me to ask, like, I wonder what, the, 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 what happened to that ship or the crew and just the story uh, behind all of that. And it's really neat that the, the artist, uh, Frederick Edwin Church, um, he went on expeditions and journeys uh, to the Arctic to see these icebergs. And he became very, this isn't the only painting of icebergs that he painted. Uh, but the real story behind this painting is over 75 years it was lost. And nobody knew where it was. And so when it was first painted, he became very famous, and it went to uh, different art galleries and different museums, and it traveled all across the world, and um, somebody ended up purchasing this painting. Uh, And then it made its way into a boy's home, an orphanage. And in this orphanage, for 75 years, it sat in an upper room, and nobody really looked at it. Nobody knew where it was. It was lost to time. There was one example where it left the orphanage and it went to a church for a little brief period of time, and the church said that it was kind of getting in the way of some things they were doing, so they gave it back to the orphanage, and it was put back into this upper room. Nobody got to see its beauty. Nobody got to see um, how amazing this artist is and how he can make this iceberg come to life. You see, as I think about this painting and as I think about it being lost, to history for 75 years. I think about my heart for evangelism, my heart um, for, for Jesus, and that's the thing that I don't want to happen to my faith. I don't want it to be captive into a room that nobody else gets to see the beauty of what Jesus Christ has done for me. So our faith can't be hidden in a room. It can't be lost to time. It is called to be sent out. So in verse 6, it says, Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. So this is how God sees man. He sees us as lost sheep. The sheep were lost because of their legalism, and they'd been estranged from God. They were hopeless. I don't know if you know sheep, but they are hopeless and they are helpless. Without a shepherd, a sheep is a dead sheep. We find out in Scripture that a sheep knows the shepherd by his voice. So we have to understand, as we develop this heart for Jesus Christ and this heart for evangelism, we don't save anyone. We have a heart and a passion for Jesus Christ, and we don't keep our faith captive, but we let other people know about it. But we don't save them. They don't even hear our voice. 
they hear his voice. So as we're to be sent out, we go among the lost sheep. So I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to think about your week to come. As you're going to walk out of these doors in a moment, you're going to go back into your weekly life. I want you to think about the opportunities. I want you to pray for the opportunities that you might have to just invite somebody to church. The opportunity you might have to be able to pray for somebody this week. The opportunity that you might have to be able to share what Jesus Christ has done for you. And again, we don't save because the sheep will never hear our voice anyway because we're not their shepherd. He is. In verse 7, again, it's my, my favorite verse in this section of Scripture. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. So again, the significance of as you go is we get to see how simple ministry actually is. He just says, as you go into these places that I'm sending you, you proclaim Christ crucified. As you go into these places, you pray for people. As you go, you invite them to be a part of the kingdom of God. It's the message of the person of Jesus Christ. They're sharing the testimony of what they've seen Jesus Christ do. So as you go, you proclaim what Jesus Christ has done for you. As you go, you proclaim who Jesus Christ is because of what you know of him in God's word. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. I love this verse because it's as you go, We give thanks to God because he has held us captive in this processional of faith. And he uses us, even in my weakness, even in my shortcomings. I've been doing ministry for over 20 years. And I know I've failed way more than I've succeeded. And he still uses me. It says we spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. You see, the challenge to taking the aroma out is fear. And I'm afraid of a lot of things. And when it comes to my faith, I'm concerned about how people might view me. I'm afraid about what somebody might say back to me. I'm fearful that I don't have enough knowledge to talk about who Jesus is. I'm fearful of a lot of things. But in 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says we have this sweet aroma, and he has called us to be able to share that, to proclaim Christ crucified. So early on in my ministry, I was a, a, a youth pastor when I got my first position at Southmont Baptist Church in Denton. And I was an intern there, and I became the junior high pastor, and eventually I became the, the head uh, youth pastor. And so I'd, I'd only been in ministry a, a few short years, and we'd been without a pastor. We had an interim pastor, and his name was Ben Smith. Um, and Ben Smith discipled me. He invested in me. And I was very blessed to be able to, to serve with him over this period of time because he saw something in me that I, I necessarily didn't see in myself. And Ben was the pastor at Lakeland Baptist Church in Louisville, Texas, for 30 years. And then he retired. He came out of retirement. Uh, to be the interim pastor at, at my church at the time. 
and we desperately needed him. And it was in his time there that the church hired me as the full-time youth pastor. It was in that time that he would meet with me weekly and we would study God's word uh, together. It was him who encouraged me to continue on in my education and eventually go on to seminary. And I always looked at Ben because I I would prepare my messages for the student ministry um, and I would share uh, with, with these students, I would always be nervous. I would always be fearful. And uh, I always thought that I couldn't live up to who Ben was because he'd planted so many churches in the area. He planted uh, First Baptist Highland Village, which is now the village. And it became uh, this incredible church that leads so many to Christ. And he came to me and he said, Stephen, I would love for you to preach one Sunday. And it wasn't the Sunday that most churches allow the student pastor to preach. Um, it's typically that Sunday between Christmas and New Year's. Um, it was the Sunday after Easter. And he said, Stephen, I really, really want you to preach. I go, okay, I'll do it. And so I sit down and I start writing my sermon. And the entire time I'm writing this sermon, I'm scared to death. I don't know what I'm doing, and I get to preach in big church. And what big church is uh, at Southmont Baptist Church, you know, it was pews, and there was a uh, wood podium that was stuck there, and you were stuck to the podium because there was a microphone there. I couldn't move around like I do now, um, and how I'd preach to our students. And so I came to Ben. I go, Ben, there's no way. I'm too nervous. I'm too scared. I've never preached in big church before. Um, I think you're going to have to preach on this Sunday after Easter. And he goes, Stephen, he goes, in your sermon, he goes, do you have a joke? And I go, yeah, I have a joke. He goes, is it a good joke? I go, yeah, it's a good joke. I only tell good jokes. Um, And he goes, so here's what I want you to do. He goes, Stephen, he goes, when you preach, he goes, I want you to tell your joke. He goes, and then I want you to run to the cross. And here's what he meant by that. I was feeling not good enough. I didn't feel equipped. I didn't feel like I knew enough. I was a criminal justice major in college. I had just graduated college. It didn't prepare me a whole lot to prepare sermons. It, it worked out great for student ministry, but to preaching the word of God, it wasn't, it wasn't that great. I was limited in how many times I'd preached the word of God. And what Ben was telling me is no matter what you say, you tell your joke, you'll tell your story. Because I want you to run to the gospel. I want you to run to the cross. Let him take care of everything else. And so church, what I want to tell you today is as you go and you proclaim Christ crucified, tell your story, tell your joke, pray for somebody, share the love of Christ with them, but run to the cross. Depend on him for every ounce that you have inside of you. Because the truth of the matter is, I'm not that great of a preacher. I'm not that great of a theologian. Again, I fail more times than I succeed. But I'm not going to be stuck not doing anything. So church, as you go, as you go, do as Brother Ben told me. Just run to the cross. We can never rest on our own skill, our own talent, our own knowledge. And again, the sheep will never hear our voice anyway. They're going to hear the voice of the shepherd. So just brag about Christ, and he'll do the rest. And as we go, we depend fully on him. In verse 8, it says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. 
So as we see, as we go, we also meet the needs of people. But here's the deal, church. I can, I can go out. I can share who Jesus Christ is. I can share my faith. I can use all the tools, evangelism, explosion, three circles. I can use all of those tools. But here's the deal. I've never seen anybody raised from the dead. And you see, that's a sign. When you see these miracles and, and these things in Scripture, it's a sign that the message is true. So I'll continually, I'll, I'll pray for somebody that needs healing. I'll anoint their head with oil. I'll believe in a miracle, and I know sometimes that miracle is, is seen on the other side of eternity. But what does that mean for our church today? As we're looking for a sign to know that this message is true, where is our confirming sign today? And so we have to look to God's word. And Moses and Joshua, they saw signs under the law. They saw the parting of the Red Sea, the parting of, of the Jordan River. Joshua got to see uh, the walls of Jericho tumble down, and they knew that God's word was true. Elijah and Elisha saw miracles as prophets. They got to see fire from sky. And they got to see the oil replenish for the woman so that she wouldn't lose her family. The apostles got to see miracles through grace. They got to see Jesus heal the sick and the blind. They got to see people so desperate to bring uh, their, their sick friends to him time and time again. But here's the deal, church. What does that mean for our church today? And we see signs by the greatest, probably the greatest miracle, and that's love. In John 13, 35 through 37, it says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Paul and Peter, in their ministries, they raised the dead. But by Galatians 2, they were fighting one another. The most amazing miracle is love, and it's what the church is built on. It's what this uh, church's foundation is built on. God inhabits us, and Christ is in all of us so that we have a seat at the table. So we have to put God's love on display. The sign for our church today is the miracle that all of us are in this room right now, brothers and sisters in Christ, pursuing him and sharing our faith as we go. That is an absolute miracle of a people that love Jesus Christ more than they love themselves. So how do we put that love on display? Sometimes it's an invitation, sometimes it's a prayer, but as a church, we have different ministries and we have opportunities to point people to Jesus Christ. We have a, a regeneration ministry uh, that helps people recover from their brokenness. We have a marriage ministry that kicks off this upcoming Tuesday that's led by Kevin and Sarah Ron, and they do an amazing job with it. And it's re-engage. And so sometimes the way that we love a community is providing opportunity and resources for them to know Jesus Christ better. We love by meeting the needs of people. So we demonstrate God's power and we meet needs. We pray and we talk to him and we expect miracles day in and day out. In verse 9 and 10, it says, Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or staff, for the worker is worth his keep. 
So the last thing that we learn is we depend totally on God. As we go, we're not called to worry about how much money we have in our account, what our job is going to look like this week. All the stresses of this world, this weight that we put on our shoulder, he says, I'm supposed to carry that weight. You take it off of yours and you just go. You be sent out. There's nothing for us to worry about. We're just called to go. So we depend fully on him. So again, whatever it is that's stopping you from sharing your faith, from living out this mission that God's called you to be on, it could be fear, it could be worry, it could be that I just, I I feel like I don't know enough. You just have to know him. You've heard his voice. So again, this message today isn't a message to equip you and give you a tool to be able to go and, and share the gospel. I wanted to talk about our heart. And so as we go, we proclaim the good news of Christ. We meet physical needs with a demonstration of spiritual power. We expect a miracle. And we depend fully on him. So church, as you go, as you go, just run to the cross. Just run to him. We have this sweet aroma that he's called us into this processional and he's given us this ability to love him more than we love ourselves. And he's called us to be a part of it. So as we we get ready to close here, I'm going to pray here in a moment. And we're going to respond to God's word. We're going to worship him some more as we close out this morning. I want you to respond to him however you feel necessary today. If you need to sit in your chair just for a moment and just pray and talk to him, just do that. If you didn't meet with him at this altar, again, there's nothing supernatural about this altar, but there's everything supernatural about my God. So come and meet with him at the altar. If you need to come pray with somebody, I'm going to be in the Next Step Center. We're going to have other people in there as well. I would love to pray with you this morning. But again, church, I'm not talking about tools. I'm not talking about knowledge. I'm solely talking about our heart. So as you go, run to the cross. Let's pray. Lord, I just come before you today. I thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to come into this place. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit just to dwell heavy in this place, not only this service, but the two services to come. Lord, I pray as we go that we feel convicted. We don't feel guilt and shame, but we feel conviction. Lord, I pray that you present us opportunities to be able to share your truth to bring your gospel to life to people that need to know it. So Lord, I pray for this next 10 years to come and I pray for those 3,100 students that are gonna come into our, our neighborhood. I pray for every family and every house that that represents, Lord, to help us to be prepared to be able to be good witnesses and share the good news of who you are. Lord, don't allow us to depend on our own wisdom, our own knowledge, but help us depend fully on you. Help us to proclaim Christ crucified. Help us to believe in your Holy Spirit and the supernatural power that comes in that.
and help us to depend on you fully. In Jesus' name, amen.